This episode of the podcast is brought to you by why would I spend $5 on a bag of apples at a store when I can wear warm fall clothes and 88 degree weather day and pay $56 for our family to pick them ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that witnessed a murder by conspiracy. sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing what I said is probably a masterpiece film, and I mm. stand by it as as uh, saying that again, uh, watching it a second time, at least in the, in the filmography of Brian De Palma, yeah. I think this is probably his masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are doing 1981, I believe? Uh, uh, yes. Blowout, starring John Travolta. You damn right he is. He's completely so handsome. This oh, is yeah. this is Travolta like in his fucking prime. <laughs> it made me wonder too. It's like for Pulp Fiction, did he straighten his hair the entire time? Because like he has like great curls in this. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but he was also. I think that was also like a like a ha- like a hair piece in in it. Like because you know Travolta's bald. Well, so, yeah, but like, not then. I think I think he was like right on the cusp of like losing his hair. Oh, then. really? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this film stars John Travolta playing Jack, uh, Nancy Allen who plays Sally. So th- so John Travolta and Nancy Allen were both in Carrie. Yes. Uh, and Nancy Allen was at the time De Palma's wife. Mm-hmm. So just a little um, she little was also little in, thing. She was also in uh, what was it like a a Dame to Kill or something like that. Like one the other one that he did like that was a uh, a murder. Like from, kind of like a like a like a basic instinct type thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Lithgow mm-hmm. plays Burke, who's like the serial killer. In Who this is film. also Lord Farquhar in Shrek? I found out. Was he? Is he the voice? <laughs> he voices Lord I Farquhar. That. I didn't know that. Uh, Dennis Franz, who plays Manny, who is like the photographer guy who's mm-hmm. who was there w- witnessing the accident. He's gross, um, by the way. And generally, like that's really all that matters in this yeah. film. Uh, and this movie is about so this is a, a one of my favorite kind of films. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a film that came out earlier, I think this year called Kimmy, that was a similar kind of concept. I didn't love it. It felt very much like I didn't love Kimmy. It felt kind of sloppy to me. A lot the like the the um critics reviews and everything. Everybody loved that movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I gotta watch. But they this probably because didn't see Blowout. Be- well, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, cool. This is gonna be interesting. It's kind of like that. I have a soft spot for this kind of film. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kimmy just was a v- very big disappointment. But if you don't know what Blowout is, it's a movie about um a sound recordist who accidentally records the evidence that proves that a car accident was actually a murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of turns into this whole conspiracy theory slowly unraveling itself into like what the hell kind of world and like what is Jack getting himself into? This is turning yeah. into a much bigger thing than he initially thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, again, I, I love the idea of somebody thinking that they 
heard something and they mm-hmm. have a recording of it or somebody photographing something and and trying to blow up that picture yes uh and like looking at it and you know and and being like no there's something more going on here now i need to prove it yeah uh so that all being said initial thoughts on blowout because th- this I, is my second time watching it i only watched it the first time like a week and a half ago oh really <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so, so i i liked it um I will say, like, again, it, it's kind of like the effect of, like, Forrest Gump, where it's like, if you tell me this is going to be, like, a fucking masterpiece, then I, I kind of have, like, high expectations for it. Yeah. I think that Travolta's acting is good in this. It's probably, like, my favorite portion of this film. I think he's incredible in this movie. I don't think it's, like, like everything that brought him to Pulp Fiction but I disagree. I think, I think he's I think great it's in this pretty movie. good. I think it's pretty good. Like I buy him and I like like his kind of like nonchalant attitude for most of it. Yeah. He's like, again, this is like peak Travolta. He's the cool guy. He's like, yeah, he's like the, he's got the beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. He's like hanging out. He's smoking cigarettes. Yeah, he's he's just... past grease. So it's like, he's already got that attitude towards <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess the only thing that I can really see in my opinion, the only major complaint mm-hmm. that I can understand somebody complaining about is Nancy Allen's character. I don't of Sally. I don't like Sally. Sa- I, I, <laughs> and, I, and I understand that because she's a bit of an airhead. Yeah. And there is an aspect of that which she's kind of annoying. Yeah, she is. And I and I completely agree mm-hmm. with that and, and I understand that. But, but I she's also kind of like that that's like eighties like ditzy girl. She's yeah, she's very much uh ditzy and the thing that I think made me okay with her character and that that I didn't completely hate about it was she reminded me of Marilyn Monroe no (laughs) she reminded me of what Jesse Pinkman was in Breaking Bad Mm. which is like you have a really good heart yeah and I want to see you be okay but you just make these stupid fucking decisions Mm -hmm. But I care about you, <laughs> so I just want to see you be okay. Mm-hmm. But I know that you're go- you're not going to be. Yeah, and like I think for whatever reason, it just hit me differently because I would say that on a normal movie watching experience, if I saw if I saw this character in a modern day film, I would roll my eyes at her. Yeah, for whatever reason, and it might just it may have just been because being it's from completely the 80s. blindsided by this film mm-hmm. not knowing about this movie really and then just kind of randomly finding it to it being you know an 80s movie and De Palma's style mm-hmm. and watching their kind of relationship blossom and like you the score in this film alone kind of implies like you know that this is gonna end poorly yeah like when they first meet not not in the um in the uh car crash but like like when when they're in the the motel Mm -hmm. and in the hospital and they're together it's like the score between them is this subtly beautiful but also it's eerie it's yeah and like it's like a foreshadowing of Mm -hmm. like this is not going to end well so, I don't know. There was just something about me just being completely swept up in everything that was going on. Because this movie is tackling a lot. Mm. And I think it pretty much nails it, especially at the end of the film. Where oh, everything, the- everything comes to like a head where all of the different themes come together in one <laughs> massive, giant blowout yeah. <laughs> of, ah. of a fight. Uh and and like it's the parade and the fireworks mm-hmm. are going off and it's in slow motion. And I mean it is such a 
truly cinematic experience. I will say, like, the very, very ending was, like, the jaw drop moment of, like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And I, <laughs> I want to talk about that, but not yet. But, like... The um, opening shot oh, it's, is it's, incredible. So, so, I was... At first, I was, like, what am I... Wa- exactly. Did I pick the right movie? Exactly. <laughs> because it is kind of, like, this slasher-esque film. And it's, it's fucking... And it's, it's literally... So, I, I, did, I did some research. Mm-hmm. The guy... His name is Garrett Brown. Mm-hmm. Is the he is the inventor of the Steadicam. He mm. is the man who invented the Steadicam. Brian De Palma brought him on to do that opening scene. Oh my God! Garrett Brown just got, got off of working with the Steadicam with Stanley Kubrick in The Shining. Mm. So like you have that really incredible scene of Danny riding his bicycle or his little you know whatever yes. tricycle thing around the hallway and he sees the twin and that's mm-hmm. all like via the Steadicam. Yeah, and then you have De Palma hire the the inventor of the Steadicam to bring in the to bring in his new incredible new shiny machine that he just created mm-hmm. for and an opening scene that doesn't really for matter. An opening scene that doesn't matter, and also to use it badly. I know, <laughs> like it's so funny to me because De Palma is so like cheeky and meta and mm-hmm. campy in this film. And that opening shot really completely sets the tone for what this movie is. Because this movie, while very serious in certain things, is mm-hmm. also like just making fun of everything. Well, the, the entire movie is also making fun of the scream. Like, it's making yeah. fun of like slasher films right, in yeah, a way. Exactly. And, and in a sense, this movie is kind of like a slasher film because like you have this murderer that's out there. <laughs> yeah. Granted, I don't fully get his motive his, for, his motive is said very clearly the, where he's he was hired to for the blowout to assassinate the the politician yes and now it's turning into this whole thing where it's like oh that politician wasn't actually supposed to die you were just supposed to like get some pictures of him and and it was and it was not supposed to be this whole thing and now this now the now the murderer John Lithgow's character is like well I killed that guy because I'm a fucking psychopath and now I have to make sure that there are no loose ends, which is why he goes around and he's like murdering women that then look like Nancy's character. Okay, that was the point where it's like, because I, I got all of that. I just was like, why is he just murdering blonde women? Right. So he's murdering pe- women that look like Sally because his inf- it's actually really genius writing <laughs> because it's like he's murdering all these women that look like Sally mm-hmm. so that when he actually murders Sally, oh, they won't it know looks that, like, like, oh, okay, th- there's just a serial killer out there that are that is that is like infatuated of just killing this very particular type of woman and it's not related yeah. to the uh politician yeah because then they'll just they'll do, they won't do a double take of like oh that was her with the politician It'll right be like oh this is just another blonde exactly girl in the liberty bell murderer exactly it's fucking smart yeah okay i get that now that makes <laughs> sense they didn't really like to me it didn't really like explain well i think watching it a second time mm-hmm. helps because i also was a little confused on blowout because i thought when when he does kill that woman on that bus i yeah. thought that was sally yeah and then Sally's just alive in the next thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is there like a time thing? And now we're leading up to that murder or what's going on here? And then I realized what was going on the second watch around. And I was yeah. like, this is really fucking smart. Because when they like when he kills like that first one where like they tumble down into like the construction site. Yeah. And he realizes it's not Sally. I'm like, oh, 
okay, well, yeah, he's got a killer, because, like, what are you supposed to do? You're just supposed to be like, oh, so sorry about that, didn't mean to kill you, <laughs> tried to kill another person. Right, right, yeah. Like, you gotta kill her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But then it's, like, the, the prostitute, like, in yeah. the um the train station, I'm like, you didn't have to kill her. Right, that was yeah. just cuz. Yeah, so that was the that was the, the motive behind it. Okay. So it, it, there is, again, this kind of, like, theme and, and, and whatnot, and there is a kind of linearness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, Opening shot, opening yes. credits are incredible. I it's love, very fun. I love what he does because I was I was listening to De Palma talk about um, how he was like, opening scenes need to basically like grab you. Yeah, he was like, he's like, what a fucking waste of an opening scene of like the audience's time when somebody sits down and it's just like overhead shots of. Oh, Manhattan. Hmm? Like, oh, this movie takes place in the city, and now mm-hmm. we just have all these overhead shots of the city. It's like, what a fucking bore. <laughs> He's like, I want it to be fun and mm-hmm. exciting and grab you. And by when, the time that you get to that scream, yeah, it's, you're, you're like, <laughs> okay, I know where I am now. This is great. Yeah. And like halfway through, I'm like, I know just from what you told me, like it's it's about like John Travolta's character working on sound design. Right. So it's like, is this gonna come back to play in somehow? Like halfway through, I'm like, this can't be the movie. Like, it's not a slasher. It's got to be like that. They're working on a movie, right? And by the time that you get to that horrible scream, it's just like, oh my god, ah, here we are. <laughs> and Travolta just laughing. Yes. He's like, what a terrible scream. <laughs> it's and so that becomes funny. the running joke for yeah. the entire movie. And this movie is surprisingly funny. Yes. Like in this kind of serious thing that's going on, this movie really makes you laugh. I mean, when those women are in the fucking sound oh booth together god. and they're shaking each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or even when when they're sitting on the couch, yes. he's like, "Jack, like, come, in here, come in here!" <laughs> and they all scream. He's like, "Keep looking!" And he just <laughs> keeps walking. It's hysterical. Even like later on, like when Sally's starting to like put some pieces together, and then goes to visit Manny, and Manny tries to like have his way with her, and she breaks the bottle over his head, and just immediately he collapses. Yeah, and it's like the most like the most nonchalant I bottle know, break. I know. Again, it's like De Palma is so self aware in this film. And he's so meta and mm-hmm. absolutely so campy. Like, this movie is just... I think that the people might dislike this movie because they're not understanding that it's it's a satire. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's being funny on purpose and it's being silly because... It can it, be. It, yeah, and it's just like he's making fun of these things. Mm-hmm. You have to understand De Palma's like, sense of humor, I guess, and understand like w- w- what he's trying to say. Yeah. And if you don't get it from that opening scene, then I don't think you're going to understand the rest of the movie. And that's why I think certain elements of this film might not work for audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do get it, then I think you can have a really, really good time with this movie. Yeah, because even like certain stuff where it's like, oh, like later on when he puts like the sound design together and like the videotape together of like the car crashing into the water. Yeah. And it's like he sends it out and like it comes back blank. And then oh, like right, he goes yeah. to check all of his shit and it's all blank now. Which has one of my favorite shots in the film, the 360 shot. Yes. And it's constantly spinning around. I'll be honest. I watched this the day after my brother's bachelor party, so I was a little hungover. Yeah. I was getting slightly dizzy while watching that, but I was like, I gotta, I, I, I just gotta keep watching it. <laughs> like, if I look away now, I'm gonna miss something good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really incredible shot because it's actually not... So, you've seen, of course, you've seen the original Carrie, right? Yes, yeah. Carrie. Of course. He, he does that shot mm-hmm. as well when they're at prom. Yeah. That one is dizzying. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is a bit more slow, and you can tell... Like it's cool to watch it because you're you can kind of tell when 
when where the camera's positioned and how like when the camera's not facing Travolta, he's waiting yeah for it to reach a certain point and then he walks back into mm-hmm. frame and then he's doing his thing and then you know it turns around and then again he waits for and then he goes to his next spot. It's really cool and fun filmmaking yes. to just watch it happen. And I would imagine that it was probably difficult to do because you there's n- nobody in the room can be like nobody yes. can be on that set except for Travolta and the guy who's operating the camera. Everybody you, else has to be the fuck out. Yeah, and you gotta really like plan your timing for it because it's like yeah. if you fuck up once, then reset. You yeah, gotta exactly. do the entire yeah. thing. So all the over rehearsal again. for it had to be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love unique and fun things like that. Also. The diopter shots, which is like what De Palma's known for, where like two people are yes. in focus at the same time. Very cool. You saw that from the beginning, and I was like, man, this is this is actually really cool. Yeah, that's De Palma's style to a T. The mm-hmm. split screen, he yes. he has one of I think one of the most genius um, forms of delivering exposition I've seen in a very long time, which was. The split screen in the beginning of the film with the news on the television, mm-hmm. and then and then Travolta rec- uh, doing all the sounds yes. and, and getting things ready. That that exposition delivery was so fucking smart because you get what Jack does for a living, and you at the same time you get what the story is setting up for. Literally, because yeah. <laughs> that that news thing, yeah that 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 mm-hmm. news segment. The ending of the film is the culmination of that news segment. Mm-hmm. It is there was a politician. He was he's been assassinated there, and then they they talk about the parade in that news mm-hmm. in in that news segment. So everything that's happening comes to head from there, and it was delivered right in the beginning via this news thing. And the split screen is so smart because I think that if you didn't do a split screen and you just had the news kind of playing over it while watching Travolta do his thing, yeah. You, the viewer would probably kind of like tune it out and not really be paying attention to what the newscaster is really saying. So having that split screen and kind of forcing you to watch kind of both at the same time and really pay attention to what's going on, I think was very, very intelligent. Yes. Very smart. The biggest, biggest praise of this film is literally the sound design. Like the entire movie is about sound. Yeah. So if it didn't deliver, (laughs) like, like if you don't have it where it's like the majority of the film is about sound. Yeah. You fucked up. Um, literally from like the that first shot of like him out there on the bridge just like testing sounds. Yeah. One I didn't know that it works that well back then. Because yeah. man, like that little rod like picked up everything from like twenty <laughs> feet away. So like yeah. really, really good. Um and then later on too, when you have like Sally going to meet air quotes the reporter, but it's really the murderer. Yeah. Um and he's using sound to try and find her. It's so where it's like, good. oh, he hears the train coming, so he rushes over to like the train station right, portion yeah, of it. Yeah. Like that's smart. Yeah. That's so smart. And then later on, like when they're out by like the Liberty Bell and, and like you hear the fireworks and it's like, oh, okay, fireworks are coming from like all the way to the right. Let me shoot over to there. Right. Like yeah. that's so smart to make it where it's like he obviously understands sound design. Like he obviously has been doing this for years. Right. He knows how to like tell what subtlety is of sound. Yeah. So it's like, of course he's gonna know how to find people that way. <laughs> yeah. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, the, and I, the something else that I adored about this film, obviously the opening, the opening scene is a movie within a movie. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like a subplot of being a movie in a movie in this film when we get to the flashback of Jack and like 
how he used to be working with the police and the detectives. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of like this weird espionage scene thing going on where it's like, oh, I wired up this mm -hmm. cop and I got I got him killed. And then there's that whole subplot of like him and why he does what he does and like his feelings towards that and and like how sad he is about it. Um, but then it, it, again, it feels like a whole nother film mm-hmm. within a film. It's almost like, again, Brian De Palma was like the first thing is like the slasher. haha, got you film. And then you have like the actual film with Jack and Sally. And then he was like, let me throw in like a side story of like a film in here. Kind of like how Tarantino did where it's like in Pulp Fiction, you get the whole thing of like Uma Thurman's character being like, oh, I was on a TV show. And that TV show was Kill Bill, so then Kill Bill is just a TV show technically, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of it kind of feels like that where it's like he made kind of like this own little like universe, yeah. within like a one movie. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really cool. I, I love I love what he does. It uh, something else that I absolutely adored in this movie was um, I like the subtleties that the Palma does because I wouldn't exactly call him a subtle director, but he also is very intelligent with when he does want to be subtle. Mm-hmm. And the, I feel like other filmmakers would have. So when when you see the blowout happen, the br- the car crashes off the bridge, yeah. and and uh, you know Travolta dives into the lake to to save her. You see a figure run out from behind, like like a shadowed figure lead did you even notice him no i didn't oh so that's even better so again too this may be something where it's like seeing it a second time so there is a guy Mm -hmm. underneath the bridge travolta jumps into the lake and there's a guy underneath the bridge who Mm -hmm. was the man who was the photographer Mm, that he then finds yeah right he is he's underneath the bridge and he runs around from the bridge and and like goes up the little the little like a uh, dirt hill there and then mm-hmm. gets on the bridge and then you probably saw him run across the bridge itself or maybe you didn't but i th- i feel like another director would have done like a close up on that guy yeah. and been like look at this but De Palma's like no that'll be like kind of like i guess what happened with you it's like blink and you'll miss it mm-hmm. like if you don't see it happen then 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 you missed it and and then again maybe upon a second viewing that na- now you'll see it where it's just so fucking smart of just like no i'm not going to show like if you see it then you know that something is going on here mm-hmm. there is there is something happening here that is more than meets the eye which i love because this movie is a noir film. Yeah, it definitely is. Especially like, like when you get to Manny's apartment. Oh yeah. It's like it it's feels jazz- so noir. Well, even like the sound changes of like this very jazzy kind of like music of like a hey, toots. Like that, <laughs> yeah, that exactly. 1920 yeah. style of it. Where it's like he's literally talking like that and she's trying to like figure out some stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like it is kind of like this noir style. Um again too, very subtle, which I really liked. There was like this kind of like this like clicking sound that like Jack kept hearing where he's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Where it's like the Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And then the aha moment of when the murderer is in like the train station and like his watch is literally one of those like crazy ones that like has like the little piano wire to like yeah. strangle people with. Yeah. And that's the sound that you hear. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good. You didn't give me anything other than a sound and i put it together and it's like that's a payoff for watching a movie it's so good man mm-hmm. john lithgow's character as burke i don't love him as a murderer he's kind of like a numpty to me but like i liked him a lot because i, I like that he's i like john lithgow's acting in it 
I, very f- creepy to me. I know, like, I've seen him in other things, and I've seen him as better things. He's, I think he was in uh, Raising Cain, which mm-hmm. is another De Palma film, I believe, and that's a fucking nightmare of a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's... It, it, he, this is young, obviously. He's, yeah. very, he's much more younger in this film, so, like, you, you, you're probably used to seeing him older now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his acting in this movie. I think he does a really good job of playing this, like, sociopath who is willing to, like he like he was hired to do a job yeah and then he's just like i'm just gonna do this how i'm gonna do it because i'm a fucking killer and this is what i do so i'm gonna kill somebody <laughs> and like <laughs> and then and like i don't know man like when he's in the phone booth and he's doing like the crying voice but his he's got like the straight face and mm-hmm. he's watching travolta just get into the car and he and he's like i don't know man i i i don't don't blame me i killed mm-hmm. her but like i had to kill her and all this and then like the cop is like all right where are you just tell me where you are and he just hangs up and he's yeah. got like the straight face it's like kind of chilling to me. Mm-hmm. I, I love his acting in the movie. I, th- I think that he's really, really good, especially like when he's rolling down the hill with the woman that that, that looks like Sally. Yeah, and he, and he murders her, and everything is just so neon red. And you and he's like, it's really just good cinematography of like keeping him kind of shadowed, so you're not getting a, like a, a perfect look at his face. Mm-hmm. And he's just on top of her, and he's killing her with the ice pick or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. It worked for me entirely, especially with the idea of understanding what he's doing, mm-hmm. like murdering all these women that look like Sally. So when he does kill Sally. Yeah. I mean, knowing that now, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Like in the beginning, it was just kind of like, why is he murdering all these blonde women? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't I, add up. I love when when he, when she, there's that split screen when he's following that woman. And yes, she's like he like goes to the, the fish market. And he mm-hmm. picks up the ice pick and then there's her walking out. That was a really good shot. Oh my god, it's incredible! Mm-hmm. I love what he. I love De Palma's got such a fucking style. And then immediately after, like the first stab, then it cuts to Sally just walking down the street in almost an identical outfit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh, good stuff right there. <laughs> He's so smart, man. I love it so much. Uh, I don't know. I, I again, I, I think that it's that it's essentially like a perfect film. Like the ending of this movie, so which they had to fucking redo because the people that had the sound uh-huh for the film stole it oh <laughs> so then they had to fucking like redo the, <laughs> the entire, entire thing. thing all over again which sounds like a nightmare yeah that sounds horrible um and i guess like but i guess there was like some benefits to it because like the studio was like oh okay now we just have to give you like unlimited money because like <laughs> we feel terrible about yeah. this and like this is completely you know not something that normally happens so there's 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 a there's you know a, unused sound reels out there from mm. the original that like some people stole. Somebody has, <laughs> yeah, worth millions. Essentially, um, the ending though, when we get to John Lithgow or Burke, like he has Sally, yes. uh, Jack is following them, trying to find them, and he's using what you're like what you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier about like you know she's hooked up with the wire, and that's paying that's that's again like a payback or a, that's a homage to when when he was with the cop yeah so like he, you get that set up and pay off yeah so there. he's kind of got like a little bit of redemption but not really right yeah yeah it's unfortunate mm-hmm. um and when he's, he's like driving through the parade dude when he's running in slow motion yes through it's just like it's so ridiculous and I'm again, so surprised that like they didn't handcuff him to the ambulance too. <laughs> yeah, right. Because he's like a, almost a murderer well, at yeah, that point. Like he's like he just driving like, a car into yeah. a parade full of people. Exactly. <laughs> like he's driving. He hit a fucking building. Like yeah. there's no like like he's getting arrested for this. Yeah. Uh, it is. 
but man, it is so. You know, have you seen that video that's going on? Uh, that's going around with um, what's the uh, Olivia Wilde film that you that you're excited to oh, see? Oh, don't worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. The the film or uh, the the interview with uh, Harry Styles where, where he's he, like, like he spit on Chris Pine. No, 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 no. Oh. Where he's like, it's such a movie. He's like, <laughs> I love. He's like, I I think that this movie. It, it, the reason why I love this movie is because it's it feels like a movie. <laughs> you're just like, what are oh, you saying? Okay, and, no, I didn't see that. Oh, it's ridiculous and. Uh, but there is like a little bit of like I kind of understand what the guy what he was trying to say, and for me that's what this like these these last shots feel like mm-hmm. where it's it feels so cinematic. Yeah, it is so over like, the top. Like it's and, something that would never happen in real life. Right. Like, like the one scene that I was like, okay, it feels like a little bit like it's, I get that, which is when like he Jack's holding Sally dead. And, right. Like, it's that pan up shot of like all the fireworks yeah going it's off. it's so over dramatic and it's so cheesy and corny kind of and for like it, a moment you feel like oh sally's okay like she's not okay well no but like for a moment <laughs> you're know. like maybe yeah yeah but like it's just so over the top and ridiculous mm-hmm. that it could only be in a film yeah but it works because it for me it worked so much is because i genuinely cared about these two mm-hmm. uh I like their relationship and, 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 and it's like, Oh, it's a relationship that seems like it's doomed from the start mm-hmm. and it never fully gets to where it's like two people that meet at the wrong time. Yeah. You know? And for me, it works so well, but I loved how over dramatic it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it feels like real classic, true cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the real ending, my God, they which use, I think is perfect. I love it. They use, her scream. Jack uses yeah the 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 scream from Sally actually being killed, and puts it in the in, slasher in, movie in the slasher film that is again like over the course of this movie of the, over the course of Blowout they've been trying to yes. find the perfect scream and the, the director is like this is great Jack where'd you find it yeah and like he says nothing and just smokes a cigarette yeah and it's like it's perfect. oh that's the that's the jaw drop moment of like I can't believe you used her scream for it it's a perfect ending Mm -hmm. i think i literally like it's it is so it is it's sad it's bone chilling Mm -hmm. and it's perfect yeah (laughs) it's literally a perfect ending Mm -hmm. i can't imagine it going any other way now it's like of course it ends like this like it needs to this is what it needed um themes uh i think ironically these the themes of this film are still true today Mm -hmm. like the the main one that that I took away from it is of course like being obsessed with conspiracy yeah and that just seems to have completely gone even more today mm-hmm. where, and taken over Jack's life yeah exactly and like with today in in the world that we live in with the internet and flat earthers and aliens mm-hmm. and JFK and everything like there is just so much. There's so many conspiracy theories out People there. People don't believe in JFK. Well, just the assassination <laughs> of JFK. Um, it, there's, you know, there's so much. And what's his name is on is in trial right now. Uh, what the oh, fuck? fucking Alex uh, Jones. Yeah, Alex yeah. Jones. Yeah, he's that like fucking they're making case. the frogs gay. <laughs> that guy. Uh, you know, like all, all of this. All of these absolutely ridiculous conspiracy theories that are mm-hmm. going on, but like people become obsessed, and 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 like that is you know, kind of like the main theme that I took away with Jack. The other thing that I took away, which is like the heavier one was 
because of the ending uh, of like, you know, there was kind of like a, a thought or a, a saying of artists um, mm-hmm. and it's like to basically be like a really true, great, incredible artist that makes impactful work that is going to basically make live for the test of time is is you need to take your pain yeah. and like put it into your art. God, yeah. You know what I mean? And like that is kind of what the ending for me signifies is of like, you know, he's taking the death of Sally and putting it into his art. And it's kind of, I don't know. There's a way of like, it. it's just like sad because it, it kind of also is like this desensitization of it where yeah, it's like, where it's like, you oh. don't, you don't know reality versus art anymore mm-hmm. because you're so desensitized to everything. And, and you took, you're taking your pain and putting it into your art and you don't know, you can't tell which one is which anymore. Exactly. You know, of like what's real life and what's, what's, what's all fake and whatever. Um, those are like the two main themes that I took away. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have anything to add. Um, honestly, for the most part, like I kind of got like, just like this whole political corruption, which course, I guess yeah. it kind of goes hand in hand with conspiracy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just from the beginning, like there is this whole idea of like, Oh, we need to like, get this guy out of office like let's film him like with another woman oh shit we need to cover it up because he's dead yeah like we'll pay somebody to get rid of everything the evidence wise it's like it's yeah. it's just like this constant cycle yeah but it does go hand in hand with the conspiracy thing for it yeah i love this movie mm-hmm. i think it's incredible yeah. i think it's great like 8.9 out of like that's pretty good 8.9 ice picks out of 10 i think i think it's, so, that, so I, that's a nine out of 10 basically <laughs> but i mean I, I also too the fucking the opening title screen like got me from the start where it's like all like the sound of each name running through and it dials yeah. up the the um odometer thing. yeah yeah it's cool it's this movie's great man mm-hmm. um i would recommend watching it again too just to like catch all the little things uh I said it's a masterpiece, and I and I believe it. I think that it's I think it's Brian De Palma's best best. I think that De Palma doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate to see where his career has gone mm-hmm. in the past like fifteen years. Um, you know, he made this movie, and then mm-hmm. he made Scarface. Yes, uh, Carlito's Way. Mm-hmm. He made the fucking first Mission Impossible movie, mm-hmm. which has now gone on to be, be twelve one of, the most, of them. Yeah, like successful fucking franchises ever. Uh, He's, and I don't know, I just don't think that he gets, like, De Palma's, for me, I think, sits in, like, this weird place in, in, in like, film buffs mm-hmm. and, like, film people where, like, for us, I think he he's a household name. Yeah. I think for the majority of people, they, they're like, oh, I've seen Carrie. Oh, mm-hmm. I've seen the first, but, like, they don't know De Palma. Yeah. Like, they, they don't know, they don't know his real style, and, like, I don't think that he gets enough credit uh, for like the influence that he's had mm-hmm. on if nothing else, Scarface, but like, yeah, but even then too, it kind of feels where it's like, unless like you're like you were saying, like a De Palma buff, like you don't even really pay attention to the name of the director. You're just like, Oh, Scarface is yeah, amazing. Exactly. Like you're not like, Oh, Brian De Palma directed the shit out of that. Right. Yeah. Nobody talks about De Palma when they talk about Scarface to like a more kind of generic audience. Yeah. Right. It's, which is disappointing. And again, I don't think he gets enough credit for for what he's what what he's done um, in in his prime. I mean, he's got so many, and he's got he's like a weird director too, where it's like he makes these cult films, like mm-hmm. these weird cult classic movies, and then he makes these kind of giant more giant, yeah, bigger ones that are like Carlito's Way and Scarface mm-hmm. and Mission Impossible are like these 
big kind of budget films. Oh, he did the Untouchables with De Niro, where mm-hmm. he played Al Capone. Like, there's yep. there's all of these like re- like crazy big movies, and then he's also done like Carrie and Blowout mm-hmm. and Body Double, which are yes. like these weird cult films. Like, he's just such a fucking incredible director, and and I, I, I just I I wish that he he was doing like. The reason why Tarantino kind of says, like, I'm only making 10 movies is because he's like, I know when I get older, I'm not going to be as good as I used to be. Yeah. And, like, De Palma seems to be kind of at that point where it's like, your prime is done now. And, mm-hmm. like, you're, the films that you're releasing now are kind of just not very good anymore. I think, like, it might be time to, like, hang it up. Yeah. But he's a filmmaker and he's going to keep making films. Um, but this era of De Palma, to me, is just completely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's what I gotta say. I think it's a fucking perfect movie. I love it so much. I like Blowout. Yeah, I think it's great. It's um, fun. I have a recommendation. Your boy, Frankie boy, got three uh, three free months of Apple Plus or Apple TV <laughs> no, Plus really? or whatever. And uh, I started who, watching. I started. Dick, you have to suck to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I started watching Severance, and Severance is a is that the M Night Shyamalan show? No, oh, that's Servant. Gotcha. Um, Severance is kind of cool. It's sort of again in the vein of not quite horror, but hey, we're kind of leaning into that a little bit. So let's. It's a little dark. Uh, basically about um people that work at this company and they 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 opt to get this surgery on mm-hmm. themselves where when they when they clock into work, um they have like the the part of their brain that associates like who they are outside of work mm-hmm. gets completely shut off. Mm. So when they come into work, they're different. They're di- they're a different person and then when they leave work, they're a different person. Mm-hmm. And those two different people don't know who they the each the you know the other one is. So mm-hmm. when he's out when he's at home watching TV, he has no idea what he does at work. He has no idea like he has no idea about anything. He doesn't know his friends at work. He doesn't know huh. anything. And then when he's at work, he doesn't know his real life. So he doesn't know if he's married, if he has children or anything. Interesting. So it's kind of weird. And it and I've, I've only seen a few episodes. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's getting, though, into that dark, that more dark uh, kind of like crazy thing. Ironically enough, directed by and sort of created by Ben Stiller. <laughs> weirdly. <laughs> oh, OK. Uh, but like, I don't know. He's doing a really good job. So I was impressed with it. So right. um, I, I was, I was I wonder with I, like. The comedy actors like that, yeah. When they start to do like serious stuff, I right. kind of get like a little on the worried yeah, side. But I would recommend Severance. I think it's I think it's good. Um, it's definitely like more slow and plot driven, but mm-hmm. I I think that it's absolutely worth a watch. And if you can manage to get like a free trial of of Apple TV, um, I would recommend it. I think it's I think it's worth it. Okay. Uh, so Severance, very nice. Brian De Palma, Blowout, Zach. What are we doing next? Frank. Discussion time. Uh, We are going to be talking about anthology films. Mm. What we like, what we dislike. I don't really want to do like what makes a good anthology film, but it'll probably go there. (laughs) We'll go there. (laughs) What makes a good anthology film? Um, All right, cool. So uh, look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, God, that scream was terrible.